Life's Journey, written by Lindsay Eno, read by the author for the podcast, In the Midst of It All, a project of the Palliative Care Program at Smilo Cancer Hospital. There have been many things I'm passionate about. I'm most passionate about helping people, and I love spending time with my family and friends my Lord and Savior, and spending time outside. I am blessed with two healthy kids, Isaiah, who is seven, and Jack, who is nine. We always say that my youngest son, Isaiah, saved mommy. I was six months pregnant when I found a lump in my breast. My OBGYN at the time was very dismissive. She told me repeatedly that I just had a blocked milk duct and not to be alarmed. I did not get properly diagnosed until Isaiah was two weeks old. I was finally sent for further testing. I'll never forget when I got the results. I was sitting in the exam room with Isaiah, looking down at him in the car seat and wondering, how did I get there? The breast surgeon came in and was very matter-of-fact. She said, Lindsay, it's cancer. She told me what I had already feared. Tears started, and I couldn't help but feel overwhelmed, scared, and angry about what was about to come. Isaiah was our last baby, and I wanted to save her every moment. As I listened to the surgeon, I looked down at my sleeping infant. I became incredibly angry about how this cancer would damage the bond that I wanted to build with Isaiah. I had four weeks until I started my treatment. I tried to enjoy every moment with Isaiah, but it was hard knowing that chemo was right around the corner. I started my treatment with Isaiah when he was six weeks old. I went through the standard round of treatment when I was first diagnosed. My family was amazing. My mom lived with me when I first started treatment, and then my dad lived with me for five months, which was such a gift. I hadn't spent that much time with my dad since I was a child living at home, and my dad got to bond with Isaiah. After all the treatment, my oncologist took scans and told me that my cancer was my cancer was free. The day they took the port out was the happiest day. I felt like cancer was really behind me until it wasn't. My oncologist at the time had never talked to me about reoccurrence. She never mentally prepared me for that. Then I started having bad pain in my breast again. I called my oncologist many times, but her team was very dismissive. They kept telling me it was just scar tissue and I needed to wait until my next scan was due. I tried to make an appointment to get checked, but they kept canceling them. The pain was in the exact same place the cancer had been, and it was pretty intense. I knew my body, and I knew something wasn't right. That's when I decided to go to Smilo. I did a lot of research and found a new oncologist at Smilo, Dr. Sarah Schaumhorn. I asked a lot of questions at first, and suddenly my voice was heard. Dr. Schaumhorn was the first doctor who truly listened to me and answered all of my questions. She still listens to me to this day. That has been and continues to be the most important to me as a cancer patient. When I first met with my new oncologist at Smilo, she explained that the cancer had returned 
but it hadn't spread. I went through more chemo. I lost my hair again. It was so much more traumatic the second time because I knew what it was like to be bald and how long it would take for the hair to grow back. I was very angry and depressed. But having cancer again and the thought of losing my life and losing my kids motivated me to leap into the helping profession. Getting diagnosed with breast cancer twice made me realize that if I was going to leave my kids to go to work, I needed to go to a job that is fulfilling. I started working in information technology for 16 years. I had been miserable in my IT job for a long time. After my kids were born, it was very difficult to go back to a job that was unfulfilling. So I left my IT position and decided to pursue a career in counseling. Many people told me it was not a good idea to switch careers because it would be a financial and emotional stress on my family. And it was hard to pursue this new career. I took all my classes remotely from my hospital bed. Sometimes as I was going through treatment, I really did not think I would live beyond this chemo. It was incredibly challenging to do the classes at the same time as treatment. But as hard as it was, it also helped me. It helped me shift my thoughts away from cancer treatment and to see the light at the end of the tunnel. It helped me focus on what I was passionate about. There were several times over those four years of treatment in graduate school when people encouraged me to quit. But doing graduate school and pursuing my passion is what helped me get through some of my darkest days of treatment. This passion was what kept me alive both spiritually and emotionally. It kept me going every day because I was working towards something that I really love to do. I then had major surgery to try and get rid of everything. Initially, after the surgery, they said the margins were close, but they were clear. Six weeks later, I found a rash. I had a follow-up with my oncologist. I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was just a rash and a routine follow-up, so my husband did not come with me to the appointment. When I asked my oncologist about the rash, she looked me in the eye and said, no, it's not a rash. She didn't even have to tell me. I knew exactly what she meant. She said the cancer was probably in the skin and it was stage four. I knew at that point it was not curable. My oncologist gave me a moment to process all that she was telling me and then explained there were a lot of treatments and a lot of women that live a long time with stage four. She was very hopeful and encouraging and said, it's not a death sentence. She did not give me a prognosis or a time frame, which was really helpful because it was very devastating to hear her knowing that I had two young kids. I then became questioning if I would ever be able to be a counselor. I was hoping to finish my degree and become a high school counselor. I wanted to help kids find their passion and pursue their dreams, but continuing my degree became harder and harder. And I started to wonder who would hire a person who has stage four cancer. I had to do a clinical trial that made me so sick. I had to step away from my grad school internship for four months, which was incredibly disheartening. 
I had to reframe my mindset to see that my goal could be accomplished. It would just take a little longer. In my mind, the end goal of getting the degree and a job was worth all the hard work. If I had to do this from a hospital bed, I was going to do it. If I had stopped the degree, I'm not sure I would have gone back to school and I would not have been in a good place mentally. I thought if I don't have this dream and have this degree, all this hard work was for cancer. I needed something else in my life to work on besides working on a, on a cancer that I would have for the rest of my life. My oncologist has always been very positive and very supportive and encouraging. I wanted to believe with my oncologist that stage four breast cancer is not an automatic death sentence. And if it is, then I wanted to die doing the thing that I loved. I started my degree in 2017, and I'm very proud to say that I graduated in 2021. I've since worked part-time as a high school counselor. Getting my degree and working has been so fulfilling and has helped me shift my focus away from cancer. In my darkest times, though, it has really been God, my kids, my husband, my sister, my best friend Wendy, and Annie, and all my family and friends who have helped me keep going through these past seven years. I want to live as long as possible for my kids. I hate that they have to go through all of this. I don't want them to be traumatized by my illness. So I've tried to make their childhood as good and normal as possible. I try to savor every minute I have with them and to create special memories for them. They bring so much joy to me and to the world. Being connected to God and finding a church has been so important to me and my family. I grew up as a Catholic. I did not have a good experience. As a result, I left the church. I felt very disconnected from God and the church for many years. Then I met Jay, my husband, who was very connected to God and the church. He is very spiritual. He was my line back to God. I am very grateful for that. After I got diagnosed, I feel even more connected to God. I started to have this profound gratitude. Every night I tell God how grateful I am for every single day. I always felt that God had been there with me even on my darkest days. I felt connected to God through all these treatments. Every night I prayed for help or for clarity. Help and clarity always came. My prayers have always been answered. I know he is always listening. That is why I'm grateful. And I thank God every day because he is always listening and answering my prayers despite all the hardships and dark days. Even in the hardest moments, we are surrounded by so much beauty. The beauty of the community that helps us when we are in a bad spot. The beauty of helping others. The beauty of giving and receiving love. The beauty of prayer that centers us and gives us comfort. Look for the beauty in your life and embrace it. Try to find the light in the darkness. I think the light in the darkness is God's love. There aren't many things we can control in our lives, but God's love is there consistently, and that is the light in my darkness. Lean into God's presence and love is difficult times. 
Know that God is always there for you, no matter how hard things are. Knowing that God is always there will comfort you and carry you through anything. We hope you have enjoyed this story. Please subscribe to hear more stories and interviews and tell us how this story has impacted you by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The production of this story episode was made possible by the generous support of the Yale Cancer Center, Yale New Haven Hospital, and the Yale Palliative Care Program, and Yale New Haven Department of Spiritual Care.